0: Hi, this is Iris Klaassen and welcome to In Love With Code. This is the one place I get to ask all the questions that I have and share the answers with you. So let's get excited and have some fun! Hi, this is Aris Carlson, and welcome back! Today I was lucky enough to get a hold of Eric Duncan which kindly responded to my despair on Twitter I need people, I need developers to answer questions for me because I got so many questions some of them are stupid, some of them maybe not so stupid but I'm gonna go ahead and ask them anyway So, welcome Eric Duncan, I have a very simple question for you Well actually, (laughs) it's not that simple but I'm gonna go ahead and ask it My question is, what is event sourcing? I know everybody's talking about it, it's really hipster, it's cool. It's been around for a while, but I'm a little bit slow to catch up. And now I'm just dying to know what event sourcing is.
1: All right, Uh, event sourcing is actually a uh, a part of some of the other architectural patterns out there, such as uh, CQRS and others. But really, event sourcing is the way that you can model your projects So that um, you capture what you're changing in the domain. Yeah. Um, So whether that, uh, you can call it an event, you can call it uh, somebody logging in, you can call it somebody creating a user, deleting a product. All these items are, something's changing in your domain. Yeah. Uh, Think of it kind of like you're writing something to a database. Yeah. So before you write it to a database, um, event sourcing is basically a set of, issuing a delete command straight to your database, generate an event instead. Yeah. An event that you pass into say a bus, uh, we can get into the bus stuff later. A
0: bus like a physical bus? Like, yeah, like a physical bus. Like you a load big up a car? lot of events
1: <laughs> on and drive it through a tunnel. No, uh, um, oh, wait bus... Okay, so I'm
0: going to stop here. I'm going to ask you, Sorry. what's a bus? Because honestly the first time I heard a bus, I was like, I didn't know we we're talking about vehicles. <laughs> so what's so, a bus?
1: So uh, a bus is a concept of passing around events. I guess that's the most simplest way. Um, uh, An event bus is typically what they're called. So you can actually pass events on them. I'm still
0: laughing at the bus because I have this vision of like a physical bus (laughs) with events inside it. And it's driving somewhere to magic land. It takes all my events and, I don't know, they get off somewhere.
1: But I guess this bus, uh, I guess I shouldn't even mention the bus, because I'm mentioning too many acronyms already. Um,
0: that's right, let's, con- let's continue. So yeah. So what's the difference between, usually when you save data, you know, you save data in a database, uh, the user does something, and usually I save some event data with that as well, you know, uh, when the data was saved and the well, I guess events around that is there any difference between event sourcing itself and saving that type of that type of data? Is event sourcing just saving the events separately from the actual uh, data itself? If it makes sense what I'm saying?
1: Yes, um, events is a, a concept where you build in your changes that you're going to be. Performing in a system like I'm going yeah. to be deleting a user or I am logging into the system Yeah um, And these events you can pass into or not pass in these events co- uh, Combine into the system to change state. Yeah now you can store Typically what we do in C-sharp and Microsoft is we store those events off into a, a central repository that can be replayed later. And the key to events is you want to capture as many events as you can, stack them up. Um, They're all captured in time. It's kind of a transactional state of events that happen in your system. Um, A Transaction log. Basically everything that has changed in your domain. Yeah. Um, The key that if you store them off, you get to replay them later for different systems. You can rebuild your front end from scratch. You can build a reporting database from it. You can build an event log. You can build an alert system. Uh, you can build all these um, other clients from it by projecting the data into different platforms. It sounds and, uh, like a
0: lot of data, though. A lot.
1: Events can actually become a lot, but it's actually a lot smaller than you think. Um, and do we actual, clean it
0: up, or do we just save everything forever?
1: Um, you can actually store things off when there's a performance issue. Um... In my experience, once you get to around 10,000 or 100,000 events, yeah, you can start uh, snapshotting the events off. And snapshots is a different concept of uh, CQRS depending on what platform you use uh, and what technology you use. But uh, there's snapshotting. There's also another concept of, uh, I'm just going to skip over that. But, yeah, basically uh, snapshots is, so if you have um, a user who has logged in 13 times and has changed their username twice and has changed their last name, once, even though why you would change your last name, those are all events I just said. That's roughly, I'm not going to count them up, roughly, 19 events that have just happened in the system. Yeah. And say over time uh, 19 events is too heavy. It's not. But say 19 events is too heavy you need to capture a, a state for that user. Yeah. So um, event sourcing frameworks out there uh, there's, a, a, there's many different ones they usually allow for trends or uh, snapshotting of those events so you can capture the first 10 of those events and it saves a temporary state off even though the events are still valid you never want to delete events yeah. ever you want to save them from the beginning of time but it will snapshot those events off and only read forward from that point so it will read only from event number 11 through 17 for that particular user and it will just replay that over and over again whenever you grab that particular user say from an aggregate because you want you want to grab it from aggregate saying that a current uh, state of banned users would be, other, would be kind of an aggregate.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Aggregate. So, ah. what? So, <laughs> aggregate, uh,
1: the, uh, what I was mentioning there is aggregate roots. Um,
0: What's an aggregate root?
1: Oh, an aggregate root. Usually, an aggregate root defines the boundaries of a particular item you want to save a state to. And I say that generally because um, usually a lot of code that I've seen from developers is they generate like a user as an aggregate root or a yeah. product as an aggregate root. And while that in and of itself can be an aggregate root, there actually can be larger aggregates. Uh, usually, um, and this is where you start crossing the boundaries from is one aggregate top to another Is it a top-level
0: object that cascades into several objects? Or?
1: Um, yes, an aggregate root, actually, you could say... Uh, say for example a product uh, uh, that you're selling on Amazon or so yeah that's an aggregate route you can start with a very simplistic form of an aggregate route so you could say what is an aggregate of well that aggregate is is um, that particular item is an aggregate of several smaller objects for example the price yeah model uh, sales that have happened for that particular product um, how many how much inventory you have um, What is the SKU number? What is the related products for it? So all these items, all these smaller items, are all bounded together inside of one larger aggregate
0: root. Is there only one aggregate root, or do we have several, like a family of trees?
1: You have many of them. Uh, And do they
0: all have a common aggregate root together?
1: (laughs) You can have a a common hierarchy, but you don't really want to define that high. You usually use, uh, to to take a, a... a chapter out of the Domain Driven Design Playbook DDD, yeah. there's a term called Uambiguous Languages that I usually use to or- orchestrate these aggregate routes. So if somebody goes, hey, I w- I'm going to have products for sale on my site, but users are going to come to my platform and they're going to buy these products, but at the same time, they're going to be possibly check, uh, checking out the ads that I have. Yeah. Well, right there in that conversation, I just named three aggregate routes. Yeah. Uh, a user, kind of a product and type of... Um, the, the sales that they're going to have. Now, you could say, well, it's, that's simple domains in my database, or, or simple tables in my database that you would have. Um, yes, that's right, you'd be saving a state for those, but if you orchestrate your product to where you're not defining a user table, you're not defining a product table, and instead you define an aggregate root called a user yeah. or a product, then you can actually start having several of these smaller items, for example, um, prices because prices change for an aggregate so a, a good example to go back to event sourcing and how that plays into aggregate roots is um, products and prices this is one uh, that is kinda overlooked um, when somebody has a product or when a, a system has a product and you have a price for that product say $23.11 yeah well that's great you can have a product in the database uh, a table called product and you can have a column called uh, price that's 2311. Well what if you change the price? What if you change the price, say it goes on sale 10% off and now the, the general term is uh, $21 and so on cents. So that's great, you update the, uh, the item in your database. Well what if you need to keep track of, oh what was the previous price of that so I could show that it was 10% off. Okay now I have to have another column in the database now stored as original price. Well, yeah. what if the manufacturer changes the uh, manufacturer suggested price to try to get rid of inventory now you have to change it again well, okay what was the original so you start adding all these columns in a database to save the state when you don't have the history of events of why you changed all those things
0: so the all problem y- event sorve, uh, sourcing solves is you you would use the events to get that information instead
1: yes so everything I just mentioned there in the, in the last one minute or so is basically you want to have a price for a product. Well, later on, you want to put the sell on a product. Later on, you want to change the, go back to the original price for that product. Later on, the manufacturer changes the price. If you orchestrate your application by creating these small little C-sharp Poco classes called uh, events, just very simple classes, if you start orchestrating your model to start capturing these events like price changed on this item, sell item on this uh, product, um, uh, manufacturer suggested price change, by creating all these type of events and capturing these events inside of just one store, uh, event stores, or however you want to call them, to replay later, you can, ch- keep, you can just delete your SQL Server database and just keep creating it over and over. You can add additional columns. You can, however you're projecting that data to show to the end user. Um, you could just keep upgrading, keep changing it, because you can always go back to your event source because it is your system of record. It is where your domain was created from. It makes me think of version
0: control. I don't know why I keep thinking of uh, Git. Oh,
1: version (laughs) control is perfect. SVN, Git. That's like the absolute best example of event sourcing because version control, every revision in a database or every revision in Git is an event. That I'm sure you don't effect.
0: mean all version control. Not all, sorry, not all. <laughs> uh,
1: but a lot of without it is without uh,
0: going into depth on that one. But yes, I, I was thinking about Git in particular because I really love mm-hmm. how Git works. I guess I'd have to do a separate recording on that, but <laughs> it's just very clever, and it really only saves what it needs to save, and it gives us we can do whatever we want basically with that little amount of data.
1: Yep, uh, Git and SVN very similar. To um, or subversion, very similar in how it stores only what changed in the system. Yeah. And I know a lot of people cringe when I say subversion or uh, SVN because oh, that's, I, I that's like been it. kind of pushed off from the, the current Git stuff. They're but subversion, yeah, they're, they're very similar. Uh, the, the core difference, of course, being uh, Git is uh, distributed repositories where uh, SVN is a centralized repository. Yeah. But it, it's still the same concept where every item that changes in the system, only what changed is a, an event that happened on that particular item. I
0: can understand that some people are a little bit worried about that. Because like, no, I just I just want to save everything all over again. It's kind of like having a Word file and you change a sentence and you only save the new sentence to uh, as a separate thing instead of saving the whole document again. So instead of having like, the same document saved 10 times with additions to it. You have like your base document and then you, you have the events of what you actually did, right? Am that's I correct. understanding it? Y-
1: you're, you're dead on. So yes. some uh,
0: are a little bit worried. You're like, ah, but no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what and happens that worrisome, if I lose the base?
1: And that worrisome part is exactly what a lot of seasoned developers are worried about when they start thinking about CQRS. It's like, no, I, I got to have the whole product. I got to have the whole Word document at all times because that, that's what I have. Yeah. And I, it's like, uh, yes, we have the um, change tracking turned on in Word document, but it's still getting larger and larger, and I've got to have multiple copies, multiple revisions, so I named this particular Word document XYZ, uh, version 2, and another one's version 3, and version 4, but it's very large Word documents, well, Storing each individual Word document is basically creating each individual tables in your SQL yeah, database. That's
0: a lot of data. It's a lot of data. Systems are growing in complexity and also the amount of data. Because everything is about data today. Correct. But I can see one problem though. What what if there's corruption? If something breaks the ah. chain of events, you're screwed, right? <laughs> or
1: so that, that's where you Do you have, have a backup plan or <laughs> um uh, That's usually where you have to be kind of cautious on what you store the events as. Um, And, of course, back up your events at all times. So if you have a corruption, you can restore those events. Um, But you you actually hit on a slightly different, uh, or what came to mind is another topic. Uh, Very similar to corruption is, what if you have corruption in your domain? Like, a piece of code was released that introduced a bug. For example, we're going to change first names for a user as an event. Yeah. Well, that first name for a user did a regex pattern that lowercased the first letter of everything. For for example,
0: Uh-oh, oops, that's a bug.
1: <laughs> yeah, oops, that's a bug. Now everybody that, had that issued that event since you released that particular version of that domain, everybody has issued that. Everybody has changed their first name now have lowercase letters. Yeah. Oh no, we have a problem in our software. How do we fix that? Well, of course, in SQL we can just go change the state and everything, but. You're not capturing that. So in a event sourcing, the way you correct buds is basically you just publish another event. Yeah. So you create another event called fixing first names. And fixing first names basically gets published when uh, any event that happened for changing first name that happened previously for that particular version. So by having events and you have versions on each of these events, uh, you can actually issue... Uh, fitzes, for example, or however you want to call these it does uh, bug fixes, a
0: little bit like tiny hacks, you know. And at some point, yep. you have to keep in mind. Oh wait a minute! So I had this thing, and then I have this thing. This is where code snippets come
1: in. <laughs> this is where code snippets or shortcuts come in. Um, and C sharp, it is a little terse in C sharp to use uh, events. Um, it becomes a lot of uh, a mundane. A lot of uh, not quite copying code because you can. Uh, you can encapsulate a lot of that code off in base classes and, and interfaces. And you can actually uh, tinker with uh, T4 templates is one thing yeah. I kind of like doing. And T4 templates to build those events. Uh, and T4
0: templates are just basically uh, simplified templates that auto-generates code for you based on what you've decided for you to do, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I usually um, define uh, T4 templates as code that writes code. Yeah. So you write code that, generates, that actually generates your .cs files. Yeah. Um, the slave
0: so, you always wished you had, the, the intern. <laughs> so
1: uh, the example I was trying to give was uh, when you have, if you use T4 templates, instead of the terseness of creating these event classes each and every time, you can actually just one line all your events inside of like a, a text document, for example, or uh, some other type of uh, file, so that when that file gets saved, a T4 template runs that grabs the name of the event, grabs the properties you want off of it, and actually generates your C-sharp yeah. code for you. So if you can product.
0: do that in T4 templates I am sure there must be plenty of frameworks as well right and products
1: for uh generating those
0: for yeah. um, for event sourcing
1: Oh yes um there there's different frame- there's actually so many different interpretations of <laughs> event sourcing um I uh, could rattle off some but they're very easy to google and yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah there's quite a lot of different frameworks and what I would really caution people on is just keep it simple. Use one of the smallest code as possible to write because in the end, what we're writing in code and event sourcing trying to capture is trying to capture the business intent. Yeah. You sit down with your managers, you sit down with your boss, you figure out uh, your clients, you figure out exactly what their intent is, and you want to write it as fast as possible. And uh, it's good that you spend time ahead by using these T4 templates about implementing the current version of event store or the uh, in-service bus, wherever you're going to use to build it all. Um, It's great that you spend time ahead of time to do that, but once you get to a point, it's time to write code. Yeah. And you want to keep it as short and sweet as possible, and um, that's usually where architects, you kind of think ahead of time for uh, defining those tools ahead of time for uh, what the team's going to be using.
0: So is there a place for sourcing in any application system, or... Are there places where it just isn't a good fit, or it's just overkill? Like well, when when shouldn't you do this? Because yeah. I'm, I'm totally gonna event source everything right now. And I'm exactly. Jump on that bus and when I'm when you get first to my event store.
1: Yeah, when <laughs> event sourcing finally hits you, and you're like, oh god, this is so cool! You want to do everything in events. Yeah. You want to do everything. Cool. You start walking around. Oh, that's gonna be an event. I don't want a database for that anymore. I don't want no SQL. I don't want that. I just want events, events, events. Well, actually, events aren't for everything. Uh, for example, the thing I was mentioning, logging in earlier. Uh, yes, you can create an event for logging in, say, if you want to capture the last login state. That would be one item for a logging in. But necessarily, you don't need login, especially for, a, say, a, um, a banking website. You definitely want to capture the event when somebody logs in or when two-factor failed or not failed. All those are events. Uh, two-factor has failed. That's an event that happened in the system. Yeah, Two-factor pass, that's another event. So you definitely want to capture it for a banking application, but for, say, a blog or, uh, say, um, a simple uh, phone location application you want to write for your phone, uh, events aren't a big deal to log in or to, ca- to capture for uh, log ins and for certain things. But no, it's you definitely don't want to event source everything, but you do want to think ahead about the business intent. Yeah. If the business does want to know uh, log ins, it, it would be nice to go ahead and publish those events on the system. Um, I try to lean towards more events than I actually use uh, when I tinker with uh, event sourcing so that uh, in the future, you never know. In six months down the road, business may ask you, hey, we want to know everyone that failed logins in the last two months. Yeah. If you don't have an event for that failed login, then... Basically, uh, you can't give them that info. You can say, oh, well, uh, we, we released code that we're now capturing that. <laughs> yeah. So on one hand, you could say that you don't really need it. But on the other hand, if you think ahead of time what business might need, you might actually start generating a lot more events than you actually use in the system. And it's not a bad thing to have too many events no. for particular aggregates. Um, but event sourcing really keeps it in track for uh, that particular domain and what you were changing for that particular aggregate. Um, but there's also another concept of called external events that we can get into as
0: well. <laughs> well, I think, I think this is enough for, my, so, uh, for mm-hmm. now, so I don't have a complete uh, brain meltdown with information. To sum it up, can you say that event sourcing is, if we really want to simplify it, it's a different way of thinking about data.
1: It's a different that way of
0: like various, that's so vague. You can't get any more vague than that. You can say that about everything, can't you? I'll let you summarize this.
1: Yeah, summary. Let, yeah, let, let me think about this for a moment. Um, <laughs> so I would pose the question. Yeah, I'm going to try to take a shot at this for summarizing. Uh, and then you can cut this out or whatever. <laughs> so to summarize uh, event sourcing, um, one could actually post the question, I want to have users in my system. Yep. First thought goes in your mind for, dis- for standard uh, dis- distributed uh, transactions is, oh, I want to create a user table. Create users. Um, so for event sourcing, when you create that user table, great, you release the product. Well, how do you know when that user was created? Oh, I had a date-time column on my, on my table. Okay, well, uh, how do you know how many times the user has changed their username? Maybe they're changing it 10 times a day. How would you know that? How would you know uh, when a user deleted themselves out of the database? Uh, of course, you have to think ahead of time for all these, but if you create events that capture your intent every time. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say every time. Uh, I already messed up the whole response.
0: No, sorry, it's good. Good, continue, continue. It's fine.
1: So with event sourcing, if you summarize your events. Let me start over or let, let, me, let, let me finish this. So with event sourcing, if you were to capture that intent for each time the user wants to change or a state change in your system, yeah. then you could actually, you're free to really project that data into different concepts or different uh, front ends uh, or different reporting systems. But that's, that's really the core difference between event sourcing and just storing the data table in your database you really get to project that data in different formats later on down the road because you've already Do you captured save it, in, it of time. in
0: addition to the data so user logs yes. in so it's in addition so you have a new column user logged in and then somewhere uh, you have all the events as well
1: correct yeah usually you want to store events off and you don't necessarily even that's a great question because you don't necessarily even have to have a sql database to store a user you don't need that. You can just replay the events. So when a user logs in, the aggregate root replays those events that happen. Oh, oh, hey, here's a user created by the name of uh, Iris. So let's log in Iris. So you don't necessarily even, even have to have a SQL database or a NoSQL database or a store. You can build your whole system off of one simple, well, I won't say simple, but, but event that's source.
0: My, that's my comfort zone. I want my yes. SQL database. I want my tables. I want my columns and I want my rows and, and that's it's the square and it's text and my boss or my not my boss the client can open it in uh, the management studio and they can take a look at it and it's real data because if it's if it's not there it's not for real and um
1: and that's <laughs> great because those that that particular example is great because if you had an event source system where you're storing all your events in this a simple table. Yes, you can create your own event source table that stores all this, your event store. Or there's several different frameworks out there that already has this for you that handle um, ambiguity and uh, conflicts and all these things ahead of time for you. So I, I recommend grabbing some of the free ones out there. I think tra- you can write
0: them. some really neat scripts as well.
1: That's true. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get back to it. So you can have these events stored in your system, and you want your comfort zone, you want your SQL server, you want your reporting, you want your crystal <laughs> reports. And I'll be, fi- I'll be, and my response is like, great, what table do you want? You, you want a user's table? Great, I'll give you that. What about a failed login user's table? I'll give you that one, too. Anything you want, I'll give it to you. So I'll, the, the steps well, are it simple. Sounds
0: like the perfect bartender.
1: Yes, I will <laughs> give it to you. I'll mix, it, I'll mix these so events I have all ingredients. Way.
0: I can make any cocktail in the world while you only have that you know, pre-mix in your fridge.
1: And the way you could do that is you thought ahead of time to create those events for user logged in, user failed login, user failed third-party third authentication, and user was created and user deleted. Because you thought ahead of time to create those five events, I can create any of those things you create a fail login table and create a uh, how many times they changed their username or like, well, that would be a six event. But yeah, yeah, you create these events ahead of time. I could project this any way you want it. Eric, I want to know, I, I I need a database to query how many times a user has failed. Okay, give me a few minutes. Let me create a console app that, that in the back of my mind, I'm going to replay those events to generate a one SQL table called fail logins. And I'll populate all the data I have in it. I'll create the username, create the Email address, how, at exactly what time they they uh, failed, and you can do any kind of queries you want off of that.
0: Yeah, was anything I can do? No, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I think I I actually I got it now. I got it. Hallelujah. Hall- I I definitely shouldn't be singing, but I, yeah, I I got it now. I hope the listeners got it. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of uh, questions from other people. Do you have a Twitter handle? Of course you do. I know you have because that's how I got a hold of you. But you might want to share it with the people. Uh,
1: Sure. My Twitter handle is uh 911 That's eduncan a n nine one one
0: Cool. Well, people, if you have more questions, go harass him because I need to let this kind of sink in a little bit first. Hope I, prov- hope, I well, <laughs> hope I provided some entertainment and I hope uh, Eric provided some answers. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll keep talking about this. We're going to be talking about DDD and CQRS and also in-memory databases soon. All the juicy, sexy, hipster things going on right now and we don't want to be left out in the cold. We want to be cool. I'm cool. I am so cool. Even cooler when I actually know what this stuff is. So thank you for tuning in and goodbye.